Yeah, just as all falls down. I hey, raise look, my arms no in victory. We did it again. This what it feel like, This man. what life's supposed to be right here. I guess this is what the winner's circle feel like, huh? <laughs> yeah, I love my fans. I like hey. this. <laughs> hey, this one's for yeah. you. I'm a champion, shorty, I'm a champion I've been around the map, now I'm on my victory lap Hey, hey, see I'm a champion Shorty, I'm a champion While other niggas crashing up Hey, I'm just steady matching them Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Underemployed This is David here This is Jack here David, where are you coming from this week? I am coming live and direct from uh, Bunker Hill Street The new, the new home The church The church, church. <laughs> As we're gonna, we're gonna call it how do you like it? It's different. It's um, it's one store. It's one floor. Ooh. So uh, Bethany and I have the place all to ourselves. That's nice. Also, only got one bathroom. That's less nice. But you know, we'll make do. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I'm still walking distance to work. Uh, we've got an, we've got some nice neighbors. It's a good little place. That's awesome. We'll, man. we'll do fine here. Yeah. No more shrieking toilet. No more shrieking toilet. But Bethany and I did go to IKEA yesterday, and we bought a. We bought our first piece of furniture. Uh, a couch? We'll, uh, no, a dining room table. Okay, I guess the couch will come later. Couch is coming later. We already we already know which couch we're going to get. Are it's you guys, just, be, are you guys uh, just laying on the floor for now if you guys want to watch TV? Uh, no, we only have one working TV and it's in the bedroom. Mm, okay, that actually makes so sense. So we just watch TV in bed. Fair. I would, uh, I would like to get the TV situation figured out sooner rather than later, but I also, you know. Priorities. It's not a priority, yeah. Um, because it's just hooking up my Roku TV and just getting the power on because it'll be running off Wi-Fi. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, let's start this episode. So, full disclosure, we were trying just it didn't work with our schedules, but we were trying to record a mini episode right after the release of our last one. The Capitals finished the job. They won four to one. They beat the Vegas Golden Knights to win the Stanley Cup, the first one in their franchise history. The, first, the first DC sports title in my 20, 20 years? 26. I've never been alive for a DC sports championship. Uh, this is all yours, David, man. You're a lifelong Caps fan. You didn't know, you know, go ahead. What, what, what are you uh, feeling? How are you feeling? There's not really much else that needs to be said. Like, people have hashed it out. People have waxed poetic. People have critiqued and written as many think pieces as they want. Um... DC fans thankfully didn't, you know, yeah, that, yeah. didn't didn't tear things down, uh, didn't flip any cars over, you know. Yeah, University of Maryland students could learn a lot from uh, DC fans. Yeah. I mean, it's not um, like when Vancouver lost the Stanley Cup Finals and they rioted too. Yeah, but you know they're Canadian; they get a pass. <laughs> they're generally polite, otherwise. They're generally polite people. <laughs> uh, so you know that's been. It's been it was it was great to see them win. It was incredible that you know Ovi's bender for as long as it was was not really deemed culturally unacceptable. Everybody seemed to be like, yeah, Ovi's Ovi's gonna be drunk for like a week. It was like whatever. When, it was like when Jr. stopped wearing a shirt when the Cavs won yeah. the two years ago. Yeah. People were like, yeah, whatever, cool, whatever. Jr. wasn't wearing Jr. didn't wear a shirt when he went and played golf like three days later. Like, yeah, fuck it. We're not gonna be fucking sunk this year. What a Stanley Cup champion! Yeah! Do uh do you think Ovi sobered up when uh it was announced that Barry Trotz would, was leaving the team, or do you think that's still that Bender was still going on by that point? Um, I think the Bender's over at this point. 
you know, the NHL awards have happened. Um, That's right. You know, they've done locker clean out. Like, I'm, I'm bummed that Trotz is gone, but I also am not surprised. The writing was kind of on the wall. Uh, bringing in Todd Reardon uh, as the defensive coach, having, you know, the contract fights that happened and the rumors that uh, Ted Leonsis did nothing to squash about uh, Trotz. Being on the hot yeah. seat in the playoffs. Yeah, being on, being on the hot seat, yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of bummed that he's gone, but do I begrudge him going to the Islanders where he's going to get fucking yeah. paid? No. no. No, never. We, our stance on underemployed is we never begrudge people for making money in an honest way. Yeah, you know, make that cash. Make the money, don't let the money make you. <laughs> that was oddly poetic. Uh, also, World Cup going on. Uh, David, this is also another, because North Korea is not in it, I refuse to watch the World Cup. But uh, this is <laughs> North Korea didn't qualify this year, that's so they're not going to get stomped 8 nothing by, by Portugal. Yeah disgrace but yes uh, uh, i'm currently watching the serbia uh, switzerland game uh serbia's up one already early uh it's been an interesting world cup there have been some, some surprise results argentina's pretty much all but out uh and, they're, and, and they're they're, I mean, they've got Messi. They've got the yeah. best, arguably the best player on the planet. But the problem, the problem, comes from I think personally their management. They, their manager Sampaoli doesn't really build teams. He doesn't really. He's not really. I don't know. If you watched what he did with Chile with that team, they were just so reliant on probably four guys. Um, and this Argentina team is so reliant on four guys as well. The problem is that the Argentina team is so reliant on the four forwards. They have no real their their, their defense plays like in the last game they played like they just walked out onto the field sort of accidentally. They have no midfield cohesion. It's not looking good for them. And you know Messi's 32 now. I don't see him playing, and I don't like. I mean, if he wanted to, I'm sure he could play another World I Cup. Say, I just do don't think, see him doing it. I imagine. Kind of for that level of elite playing that 34, 35 is about to come. Or maybe even around actually 32, 33 because it's so much running. Well, from Messi's style of play, yes. Um, Zlatan hasn't really been slowed down by age, but that's because Zlatan was never really fast. He was always just big and, and athletic and able to you know move himself around in the air. But Messi's, you know... He's shifty. He's quick. He's plays with the ball, you know, like it's glued to his foot. So I, 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 I don't see a long stretch in Argentina in this World Cup. I genuinely think they're out in the group stage now after the first two rounds of games. Um, Portugal's looking decent enough. They're going to make it out of the group stage. Um, their group is pretty weak, so I mean that's reasonable. Um, How's South Korea doing? Not great. That's unfortunate. I mean, if it can't be North yeah. Korea, you'd at least like to see... Those. You'd like to see some Korea. Yeah. I mean, all Korea is great Korea. Let's let's, let's just be honest. All Korea is greatest Korea. It's <laughs> And that one gave us Gangnam Style. So, yeah, absolutely. I would root for them in, in a normal circumstance. Open Gangnam Style. We wish all the teams in the World Cup uh, good luck because, as we mentioned last episode, we're not in it. So, there's only our rooting. Yeah, we're not, we're not in it. So, you know, the... Uh, Volkswagen's been having a lot of fun at our expense because of that with their the the latest round of ads saying root for Belgium we have the world's largest electronic dance festival or you know root for Iceland because we don't have that many people or uh, you know root for 
Germany, because Germany gave us the hot dog. Yes, among other th- among other things. Uh, I I guess I guess I'll root for. I, I don't have a big rooting interest. I just, as you know, I root for the spirit of competition more than anything else, <laughs> and for people to have fun. That's what sports are. All about. Okay. Yes. Yeah, speak- <laughs> oh, speak- okay. Speaking of sports, uh, uh, did you did you watch the CM Punk fight from a couple weeks ago? No, I don't. I don't care for combat sports. Yeah. Um, I think it just it's a good lesson that. Um, I mean, CM it, Punk's what like thirty nine. Yeah. Like he's he was not also for uh, professional wrestling is obviously scripted, but you have to be an athlete, and even by their standards, Punk was not an athlete. So you have a guy trained in scripted fighting who is already not athletic trying to go into legitimate mixed martial arts and uh you know he's injury prone already like the reason he left wrestling is because he was so beat up i am pissed off and i want to fight uh this results were whatever the opposite of surprising is i guess that would be also the question i wanted to ask you do you think cm punk could beat up russell crowe it's a tough one i mean probably not Honestly, Punk is, I, I just, I assume Punk is punch struck at this point. Yeah, I think Russell, and Russell Crowe is the opposite. He's a drunk who would love to punch, so I think Russell Crowe would win that hands down. Oh my God, it's Russell Crowe. Oh my God, it's Russell Crowe. Oh my God. Why don't you mind your own business, you screwed up? Yeah, CM Punk's straight edge uh, lifestyle does him no favors in this one. <laughs> That's true. In a, bar, oh, in a bar fight, he's completely screwed. In a bar fight, he is truly, he is truly boned. And in my book, if you even take one drink, you're an alcoholic. But anyway, uh, he tried. Uh, speaking of sports, we're going to move into the NBA draft last night. Uh, first thing, beyond any of the picks, Trey Young, David, what do you think of suit shorts? I mean, suit shorts is a bold choice, Cotton. Um, LeBron... It looked a little weird in it simply because of how built he is. Yeah. Trey Young looked a little bit less ridiculous because he's, you know, more svelte. Yeah, he's a lot leaner. He's also, you know, he's only six one, I think. Yeah, I like, also... like Trey. The uh, Trey Young. I say Trey Young is, you know, a little bit shorter than me, but I don't know. I I think the suit short thing. It's one of those stylistic choices that people can make if they want to make that. If they want to take that risk, go for it. I'm not gonna. I don't really feel right to criticize. Well, you don't. You, 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 your legs are a little, um... Well, hairy. Yeah. It looks like I'm wearing tights. So, I don't know that the look would even do anything for you. It would just look like you're wearing pants. Uh, so... It looked like I was wearing, like, lace or mesh pants. <laughs> which, uh, you know... Oh, I don't want to think about that. Sorry. Uh, David Hart and Lace are two things that I didn't want intermingled in my head. With all due respect to you. Uh, oh yeah, I feel so much respect paid there. Well, I said it. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, because I could do carte blanche and say whatever you want. Thank you. I'm glad you agree with me. Uh, Mo Bamba and his wingspan. We are both thoroughly impressed with the fact that Mo Bamba has a 7'10 wingspan. He could hug me twice. <laughs> Almost at... The largest wingspan ever, as we both learned from the draft last night, was Manute Bowl at eight feet five inches, which is the Manute Manute Bowl who could dunk a basketball without jumping. And most impressively, David, 
kill the lion with his bare hands. Now, if Mo Bamba can do that, I will be thoroughly impressed. Until then, I think Manute's still getting the crown of most impressive big man. But as we said, as we were discussing last night, you know, uh, Bamba's Bamba didn't get traded by uh, the Magic like uh, Trey Young did. Yeah, right. Trey Young got traded from the Mavericks to the Hawks. Uh, from the Mavericks, I thought it was the Magic. No, no, the the Mavericks picked five and traded Young to Atlanta for whoever they picked three, and then um, oh the uh, the uh, the four, Doncic the, the year yes exactly who's going to play third, which is cool uh, who according to Andre Iguodala's mom's decent yeah I mean I, I would I I can trust Andre Iguodala on that uh, <laughs> yeah. Iggy loves moms <laughs> so that's another hashtag we can get started uh, also. The eight foot five wingspan of Bowl is the width of most city buses. Is the comparison they use, which is kind of crazy to think about. Uh, yeah, I don't take public transportation, so that comparison does nothing for me. But there it, are pub, there are city buses in in Falls Church, Jack. I wouldn't know it. I refuse to take them. I'm above it. Uh, <laughs> and that's why you're a fat American. <laughs> USA number one, motherfucker. Well, the I way, mean, DeAndre okay. Ayton going one was a surprise to you, wasn't to me. More that I'm pleasantly surprised as someone who loves watching big men play that in the league that is really obviously they're still looking for size. Moving away from the traditional big man, right? The rim protecting three. They're looking for the Kevin Durant's, the Giannis Antetokounmpo's of the world, uh, which I well Antetokounmpo wasn't drafted as a center. No, he was six foot nine when they drafted him. Right, and they drafted him as a three. Actually, ironically, they drafted him as a three, and they've moved him up more to the point guard role. well, you know, when you got a guy who's that tall and quick with those kind of handles, I mean, it's the Ben Simmons theory. Yeah, speaking of wingspans, my God. Yeah, yeah, you put it in the hands. You put it in the hands of your playmaker. Also, the Jazz drafted Grayson Allen. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what pieces they're building for LeBron. So that'll be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, we all know what what LeBron can do with a gritty dickhead white point guard. <laughs> Shout out again for the second episode to Matthew Delvadova, who has somehow gotten referenced twice on this podcast. God bless Deli. I just have a cup of coffee. Beer it is. No, I said coffee. Beer. Also, uh, the, the Cavs did draft Colin Sexton, though, who was an interesting player. He was the best player in the SEC. Not like that counts for much. No, uh, they're not a basketball conference. But. But at the same time, they you know they're not a basketball conference, but Kentucky kicks the shit out of everybody. Oh man, yeah, they're not a basketball conference, and yet Kentucky is head. Well, you know what? Just geographically, but, though, I don't really. But think Kentucky is not a football school. That's true. They are not at all. So they don't fit. They're they're the kind of the black sheep of the SEC. Uh, no, the black sheep of the SEC is Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt has a football team. It's the problem is is that because of Vanderbilt's academic standards and the way that they treat recruits, you they don't offer you scholarships until you get accepted to the university. Oof. So you got to be smart and good. Yeah. Well, you just got to be smart. smart. Good, good is relative That's for them. Uh, it's, it's what you said about UVA, man. You can't, you got to keep your sports and your, and your smarts separate from each other. You don't have to, it but does. I mean, the, the one usually doesn't follow the other. Also speaking of the NBA real quick, uh, ignoring, let's not get down the rabbit hole, but just quick, David, if I told you an NBA player was quoted to TMZ saying, quote, everyone should do cocaine, unquote, who would you guess said that? Initial initial reaction is Ron Artest, but I know who actually said it, and frankly, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, 
Uh, Swaggy P. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Look, he's, he's for the people. Swaggy <laughs> P is clearly the progressive candidate that we need. <laughs> Swaggy P is going to run for the Libertarian Party in 2020. <laughs> no, fuck the Libertarian Party. If I wanted to listen to a bunch of spoiled white brats talk about not paying their taxes and smoking weed privately, you I would go just... go back to college. <laughs> yeah, I would just go back to college and hang out with the Libertarians at Mary Washington. Uh, shout out to them. Uh... <laughs> Did you listen to uh, either the new Nas or the new uh, Jay-Z and Beyonce album? Well, considering I don't want to give my information the title, no. And um, in, in the last, like, two weeks, I haven't been listening to a whole lot of music. Well, you, you've, been, um, you've been moving. Just with the move. Yeah, exactly. Just trying to keep up to date on what the hell's going on in the news. So there's just been, it's been mostly podcasts. The, the, the Nas album is really good. Uh, he's still, it's funny, because every time Nas talks now, his voice has gotten very, very... But he's still kind of gets energetic enough on the mic that I like it. It's still the seven-track Kanye-produced thing that the Kanye album and the Pusha album and the Kids See Ghost albums were that launched. Kids See Ghost is dope, though. Really? I will I, I will say that much. Um, I, I, I was like not it. expecting a whole lot. I have not really enjoyed Cuddy post Man on the Moon 1. Yeah. I didn't I, Kids See Ghost is just... I, I've been, it bumps. I didn't really like it, and I was expect I kind of the same reason. I just I'm not a huge Cuddy guy. Like he, he never did it really for me. Even oh, just the first damn. album for me is Man on the Moon is one of the most was. I mean, if if you did my like all time most played albums, like that's in my top five still. That's like yeah. I listen to that album a lot. Uh, between high school and college, I listened to a lot of the neighborhoods. I love you. Um, I, I know I was I was in a weird spot then, oh. so I was listening to some I was listening to some sad boy tunes. Dude, there's nothing uh, wrong with sad boy tunes. Cuddy was just never my type of sad boy tune, I guess. Uh, well, that was uh, that first album was the one with uh, Day and Night on it, right? Yes, that's a great Day and Night, uh, Pursuit of Happiness. But Cuddy as a whole, I just, I guess because his style is more the kind of moaning mumble, and that's never been my, I, I don't know, I, I, I don't think... I know, I can totally, I can totally see that. Uh, what was the other song of his? Oh, Revofeb, which was on, I think, the next album after... Uh, yeah, yeah, Mr. Rager, yes. did not like that one. Yeah, I like that song, but I didn't listen to the album, even though I have the album somewhere. Uh, so I would go, I would say, since you're not going li- <laughs> to go get title, I would say listen to the Nas album, it's a, it's a nice little... It, it's got some fresh beats and dope rhymes, as the kids might say. Word is Bond. Yeah, I mean, if, if I can find a spot to listen, I mean, it's probably on YouTube. I could probably go look for it, but... Yeah. That's, yeah. Only, that's only 25 minutes. It, oh wow, it's a short one. Yeah, it's the other, it's 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 in that line of like the seven track, very short album. So I mean, interesting because I've noticed that a lot of trends, a, a lot of rappers in particular, have been pushing on the like hour long album, uh, sort of set concept. Um, yeah, and then now you see some guys going even really short. You know, um, Kanye, Freddie, Freddie Gibbs with like the five six song EPs. Yeah, Vince, Vince Staples has made a career out of it. I yeah, mean, but then Staples also puts out stuff, you know, fairly well, consistently. You know what's crazy? My most favorite part about Vince Staples was he released a double album that was 60 minutes long. That was just, <laughs> there's no reason for that. He could have made it a single album. But yeah, that, but he makes a double album, so he yeah. gets twice the record sales. Shout out to Vince Staples. We called ourselves the Vince Staples of Podcasts, actually. Uh, I still think that's an appropriate title. Fuck you or support my lifestyle. Yes. <laughs> 
Vince Staples, who is kind of a dick, but really funny. Bill Nye is underrated, man. Bill Nye is the reason all these kids know how to proportion their lean in their beverage. He's not kind of a dick. He is a dick, he's a but dick. he's the best kind of dick. He's a dick who knows when he's right. Yes. The David Hart syndrome. You know what? I'll take it. <laughs> I compared you to Vince fucking Staples. All I right. just call it as I see it. Also, uh, update, as as our loyal listeners will remember when uh, we made our World Series prediction back in, I believe, April, maybe March, David went on a bold stance and said that Oakland would play San Diego in the World Series. And we haven't really talked a lot about baseball the last couple of months, so I just wanted to update that. Uh, the Orioles are dog shit. The Orioles I only know shit. this because... Uh, Whenever we, Bethy and I go up to see her parents, uh, they're watching past the past couple. No, no, they're not. Oh, that's that's how we know. <laughs> the past couple summers, every time we've gone up to their house, there's been a nose game on. Not every time year. we go up this time, they're like, oh, let's put the World Cup on. And I'm yeah. like, Isn't that, aren't the Orioles playing? They're like, yeah, we don't want to watch. It's like, oh no, we know the Orioles are on. Let's watch. <laughs> yeah, we know the Orioles are on. Let's watch anything else. Uh, Oakland did play San Diego. Fun fact: I realized that last week. Or no, this week, it was a few days ago, I was like, oh shit, Oakland and San Diego actually played. Uh, Oakland swept them to uh, the two-game series. So, our World Series prediction on underemployed. Looking right now, not great, but you know what? Season's still young. They got plenty of time to turn it around and for us to look, I would say, smart. Who knows? I mean, Oakland can't be any worse off than the Orioles are. No, uh, the Orioles are... Uh, shout out to, 15, shout out to and a, 15, 16 and a half games back at this point. If no, not that'd be, no, that'd be, they're 30 under 500, so they're like, Yo. oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're close Wait, to 40 games back now. When, when, I'm, when Bethany's parents are not watching the Orioles, it's because they are historically terrible. Uh, um, so the question is, what do they do with Machado and Davis? Because Davis is in a career slump, and Machado is about the only bargaining ship that team has. They're really trying to trade Machado. Chris Davis is, as you mentioned, having one of the worst seasons, especially for but, value of a contract ever. I mean, legit. who does? But who does? Who does? Who does Machado go to? Who wants to pick up that contract? Well, that's the problem. Is that in theory you would think a team? It would either be this year a team that's okay with keeping him for half a year if they think mm-hmm. they can oh, win the, the rental. Series. Or, yeah, a team that says, we'll keep you this year and we know we can re-sign you. So there's not, you know, a team like Chicago, but they don't need a, a left-side infielder. A team like... Well, the, the White Yankees, Sox do. Yes. It's another terrible team. Although they could... The White Sox need everything, um, including a better place to play because... I've been to Chicago, and and, and you, you, you go to the Wrigley area more than the uh, White Sox area. I'll say that in Chicago. Not that I know a lot about the culture of Chicago. I just know that uh, don't go to What, are you, you afraid of the South Side? Hmm. Yes. I'll say yes. I don't want to offend the people, the great people of Chicago, but uh, yes, I'm afraid of the South Side of Chicago. <laughs> south Side Chicago's... You know, I mean, when they built Nat, when they announced when they were going to build Nat Stadium, I was truly amazed. I was oh, like, yeah. oh, so we're going to just have EMTs on standby? Yeah, the most. For, so for anyone who doesn't know the geography of DC, although if you're listening to this podcast, you do. Uh, Southeast was the most dangerous part of. No, Southeast, style Southeast wasn't. No, uh, but that neighborhood in particular uh, was home to Nation which was a nightclub notorious up and down the East Coast for being the place you could get whatever you wanted drug-wise. And uh, I guess they said we'd rather have a baseball stadium here, although, I mean, both options, I, I, I see some merit. So they built it, 
Now, it's funny, my sister, uh, shout out to Ellen if she's listening to this, lives literally right across the street from Nats Park. She lives in that area. Uh, yeah. Her side of the street, legitimately her side of the street is more gentrified than the other side. It's still in that kind of phase of development. But mm-hmm. it's getting there, and as we've mentioned before, DC United's building their stadium there. It's going to open in about a month. It'll be... They're still... They're oh, doing a, God, that's a cluster. So what ha- Yeah, was that just... Uh, oh, we talked about it a little bit, but was that more just because of the costs or the location? No. Um, the cluster... So the, the stadium is coming along just fine. What's the cluster is how DC United has gone about with their fan sections. So in... MLS history, DC United is, you know, one of the like two or three probably premier, what are considered premier teams in the MLS. It's DC United, LA Galaxy, and then I would say Columbus Crew. And DC won, I think, four of the first six titles in MLS history. Um, And what made DC such a sort of titan of, of the league, if you want to call them that, was their fan sections, um, particularly uh, Barbarava and La Norte. Uh, those are two predominantly Hispanic-influenced supporter sections. And, you know, in later years, uh, the Screaming Eagles and the District Ultras uh, would come along. And with the new stadium, basically, the team has decided that they only want to partner with Screaming Eagles, who are the most Anglo and least ethnically diverse of the supporter sections, and they're also the newest. So I, could, yeah, I mean, with just not just hearing it from that angle, as someone who didn't know any of this, it's I'm sure there's more to it, but it also. Oh like, no, it's not a good look. DC that, United exactly, has yeah. like just made it quite clear that. These old supporters groups, you know, La Norte, Barabarava, they're going to either have to sort of genuflect to the Screaming Eagles or they're going to just be left out in the cold. And it's leaving a lot of people with a really bad taste in, in, in their mouths because it's sort of mind-blowing that DC would walk away from supporter sections and supporter groups that are as old as the team itself and, you know, have a reputation within the within the MLS as being, you know, these intense and really unrivaled groups. You know, Barbarava tailgates for, ga- for games are phenomenal. I've gone to quite a few and never not had a good time. Even though I don't own season tickets, you know, I buy them through the team. Or I, I buy them through Barbarava and I go to their cookouts and, you know, I get stuffed and drunk for fucking, like, eight bucks and it's a damn good time (laughs) and i think too for a mls team which is not a major sport in america if you have groups that have shown loyalty to you over the years that is also a little disappointing again i don't know just from what i'm hearing that's also disappointing that groups that were willing to support you while you were going through your own i'm sure trials and tribulations or trying to support a league that needed its own little kickstart you'd hope that all that would be able to carry over and especially still going to games rfk which is a dump and and yeah uh, rfk belongs to the raccoons it's uh well it will in about a month when they have no uh they have no primary tenants uh yeah like it's it's really disheartening to see 
DC United leave groups that have stood by the team in some really dark years and some really, really awful teams. Um, but I also think that the, the attitude reflects the leadership and the ownership of the team, and that ownership has been borderline non-existent. They have not really contributed anything infrastructure-wise. They've contributed nothing culture-wise. They've kept around Ben Olsen, who is at best a average coach, and that's at best. Yeah. And you know, you can't you can't expect an average coach to do anything when you don't give him any money. Um, you know, Paul Paul Ariola uh, is probably the highest paid player on the team, and he's you know he's like the one designated player, the one big money spot on the roster. And it's really no surprise that the team is just in the absolute cellars of the Eastern Conference, and then also the league. DC United is having a historically bad season. Do you think that that'll change once they get the new stadium? No. No. You know, the Nats came from the Expos and got a boost and were contenders for most of the year. So, who knows? Uh, uh, but, then they, but, I mean, for that first, like, two years, they were they, 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 they were on an upswing. And then they were losing 100 games. Shout out to, uh, well, you know what? It got him Ryan Z- uh, not Ryan Zimmerman. They got him Steven Strasburg and Bryce Harper. So, maybe DC will get uh, whoever the next Freddie do will be. Oh, God. <laughs> I'll, I'll move. I know how you feel about Freddie Adu. <laughs> Real quick to wrap up on personal notes, still sports-wise, the Lakers picked uh, Mo, I guess Wagner, although he's German. I don't know if it's Wagner. Oh, Mo Wagner, the dude Wagner. from Michigan? I remember because I don't know a lot about college ball, but I was, as people know who listen to the show, heavily invested in Loyola. I was really loved watching them. And Wagner... Catholic. Well, of course, that too. <laughs> you know, we, I got to support my people. And Wagner lit them up. He got 25 and 15, I think. And I remember being really impressed by him in the game. And so by the end of the... The Lakers picked 25th last night. I don't know any college players at that deep in the draft. But I remembered him. So hopefully he'll be the next uh, companion he's, to... He's an interesting prospect. Um, he's got a bit of... He's got a bit of the Euro quality to him. You know, he's he's polished. He's certainly... Great footwork. Like yeah. Soccer footwork. Phenomenal yeah, soccer footwork. Um, he knows Dirk Nowitzki really well. I mean, there are there are only how many you know really good German players in the world. Two of them like were drafted last night. I guess. Dirk, uh, Wagner, and then um, the, the Schroeder. Also wanted to say that speaking of the Nat Stadium, that the All Star Game is coming here in about three weeks, four weeks. And, oh, finally! Yeah, and uh, I'm going to the Home Run Derby. I have, I can say that this is like a Christmas for me. And Homer Derby is always like Christmas. Like now I get to go to the North Pole and I get to and I get to. Take this is like going to Santa's workshop, for right? You. And Santa and Santa sits me on his lap and says, "You can have any of the toys that you want." You want. And and you're, the only toy you want is dingers. Yes. <laughs> dingers, Santa! I just want dingers. Who's competing in the uh, the the home run derby this year? Because you know that I pay. Absolutely no, zero attention to baseball. No one's been announced yet. Harper might. Harper said he would do it again if it came to Washington. He's not having a great year, so maybe the guys you know, like Stanton and Judge. Uh, Judge said he probably wouldn't. Stanton is sort of leaning no. 
no one's been announced yet. Uh, I don't. I we all know JD Martinez won't be doing yeah, it. Yeah, because he said because he they wouldn't invite him a couple years ago, and I I approve of JD Martinez being vindictive, vindictive and saying, ah, you know what, I don't want to do it. And Let's be petty. Let's be petty. And I don't care if it's if they bring out like Ichiro out of retirement to take the home run derby. I don't care. It's the derby. They'll bring someone. I will just be happy to be there. My. My inner Ichiro would be hilarious, like yeah. as his last thing in the league. It's like yeah. home run derby, and I bet you Ichiro's just been like hiding it. Just well, the the tale of Ichiro, and I saw him once because they were playing the the A's out in Camden Yards in like '03, and I went to a game. He's legendary in batting practice for hitting homers, the the dingers. So that actually would be a good kind of farewell for him, even though he's retired. I would honestly. Nothing would make me happier. The, you know, there's one person who can come back that would make me happier than seeing each other on the Home Run Derby. And I'm looking at him right now. Willie Mays? Oh, you know, well, you're not far off as having a black Satchel outfit. Page. I guess sort of still, we're getting actually a little colder. Uh, you were right with a black outfielder for the San Francisco Giants. Johnny Bench. Uh, that's, no, no, that's way close. You went with a catcher. Pete Rose. <laughs> Now you're, now you're literally just trying to name every baseball player you've ever heard of. <laughs> no. Jose Canseco. It's, it, it's, Roger Clemens. Okay, now you're getting into the PED users, which I am offended by. No, it's Barry Bonds, <laughs> American legend. Rafael Palmero. I'm, I'm, I'm not finished. Can I finish? Hello, can I, can I finish? Barry Bonds, American hero, American legend, American icon. A-Rod. No, stop it. Can I finish? Please, can I finish? <laughs> I want... <laughs> this is a plea for me to Major League Baseball. I know that you guys sort of blackballed Barry Bonds. I get it. There's a lot of controversy for whatever reason about him. But this Maybe man, because his head swelled up to the size of a basketball. We've been over this. He would chew on wrist grips and his head got larger. It's science. Look it up. Barry Bonds, still an American hero, still my personal hero, and I would love to see him, even at 52 or 53, however old he is, take batting practice, take the home run derby, as the fans chant Sammy Sosa. I would actually love to see Sammy Sosa in the home run derby, no lie. Uh, Blue skin and all. (laughs) The question is, can you see Sammy (laughs) Sosa anymore? They would throw the pitch and he would just blend in. It would be like a green screen. Um, no, I, I as and as much as I would love to see slam slamming Sammy Sosa, he's no Barry Bonds. Okay, I'm finished. He's no Mark McGuire either. No. But why, Mr. McGuire? Do you want to know the terrifying truth, or do you want to see me suck a few dingers? Dingers! 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 All right. Well, the it's show... like grunt birthday party. The show is completely <laughs> off the rails. Oh man. On that note, on that note, this has been episode nine. Holy shit, we've made it to nine episodes of Underemployed. David, I'm impressed by our longevity. Um, yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Shout out to Washington D.C., our hometown, for yeah, for all intents and purposes. Uh, we we got a champion. We finally got a title. We're the champions, baby. You know, and uh, it feels good. I, you, I, I don't expect another one. <laughs> what a great note to let it flow.